Today's daf is daf hey. We are holding at the bottom of Dalid Ahmed Bey's. Uh, we're at my yadli yadli yanaka. We have brought down a pasuk in Mishlei that discussed gase haruach, people that are arrogant, and the pasuk concludes that yadli yadli yanaka, hand to hand, he will not be saved. He will not be absolved. So what does that Pasuk have to do with anything? So the Girsa of Alkamar is Kolabal Eshasish, anyone that has relations with a married woman. However, Rashi does not have that Girsa and the Bach changes it as well. It's Koshiesh Gasas Ruach, which is what we're talking about till now, is that anybody that has arrogance, so the Girsa here should say, Anyone that has arrogance, even if he, uh, we know that uh, Avram Avinu, what he did when, uh, until Avram Avinu showed up, Hashem was just known in the realm of the heavens. No one was able to bring him down to be relevant in terms of the earth. He wasn't perceived as being relevant in, in the earth. That's what Avram is. We use that expression that he let Hashem be viewed as the one who acquired heaven and earth. So even if somebody is as great as Avram Avinu, that he is God, he has the, the merits of having Hashem be konish, be viewed as being konish shemaim va'aretz. Nevertheless, uh, if he is arrogant, he will not be absolved from the din of Gehenna. Now, what does it have to do with Avram Avinu? Because by Avram Avinu it said the Chsiv Bey Harimosi Yodi El Hashem Kel Elyon Kenes Shemayim Va'aretz. That he says, I raise my hand to Hashem. So Lashon Shvuah, Lashon Tfila. So yeah, in a, a, that uh, the one who is acquired, who created the heavens and the earth. So now use the lotion of Yad over there. So Yad le Yad lo Yenake. So lo Yenake Medina Shel Gehenna. So even if he's got the Yad like the Yad of Avram Avinu, he will not be absolved from 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 Gehenna. He will not be saved from Gehenna. So Kaisel the Bay Rabbi Shulav. The Rabbi Shulav, the Shulav did not feel that it ties well into the Psukim for a number of reasons. First of all, in Avram Avinu's case, he only mentions his one hand. Harimosi Yadi. The Pasuk that Shlomo Melech, when he's talking about people that are arrogant, it says, Yad Le-Yad. Something has been passed over from one hand to another hand. So to say that it's referencing what Avram Avinu was, Konesh HaMayim Ba'aretz, that he, uh, there was, with, it was, so therefore, Sahai, Yad Le-Yad Le-Yanaka, the Pasuk that you're trying to explain, which is Yad Le-Yad Le-Yanaka, it should be, Yodimi Boyole. One hand it should be referencing, my one hand, just as Avram Avinu was referring to his one hand. So Ella a different shot. Ella Amadevei Rabbi Shilo, Afilo Kibol Taira Kamosh Rabbeinu. The two hands that are discussing is like Mosh Rabbeinu. Mosh Rabbeinu received the Torah in his hand from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, even if someone is as great as Mosh Rabbeinu, Sibay Miyamino Eishdaz Lamoi, that he from Hashem's fiery hand, the Torah was delivered to the hand of Moshe. Still, Lo Yenak Medino Shalganim, he will not be absolved if he is arrogant. So Kash Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan still doesn't like the shot because. If it's compared to Moshe Rabbeinu, that's true, there are two hands over there. But who is the giver? Who is the receiver? So the hand of Moshe Rabbeinu is the hand it receives. In the Pasuk of someone who's arrogant, it's Yad Le Yad. 
He's giving something into somebody. It's much he's putting something in somebody else's hand. It's not receiving. So it still doesn't tie in so well to compare it to the, 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 the Kabbalah's Torah of Moshe. Hi, Yad, Liyad. Yad, Mi, Yad, Mibaya. It should say Yad, accepting from someone's hand, not putting into somebody's hand. So Ella says, Amr Yechon, and the Pshat, on the Pasuk, that talks about someone who's gar- uh, who, who is, is, is arrogant, will not be saved from Din Gehenna. It means, Afilo Oiset Tzedakah Beseser. Even if someone has great merits that he does, he gives gifts, he gives charity in, in private. That a person who gives charity in private, he will have the anger. Anger will be, he'll be protected from anger. But if he exhibits arrogance, then he will not be saved from Ganem. Now that does tie in well, because he's the person who's giving to the poor, so it's Yad Liyad. So even if it's Yad Liyad, he will not be saved from Dinashal Ganem. Alright. The one who wants to know is that we're talking about how terrible it is to be arrogant. Is there any place in the Torah that alludes to a prohibition that one is not allowed to be arrogant? Well, something like this on this level should at least have a prohibition associated with it. So, Amar Rava, Amar Posik says like this. This is a Posik in Yirmiya. It says, Shimu v'hazinu. Uh, listen and pay attention. Do not make yourself arrogant for Hashem has spoken. So therefore that Pesach is, you're not allowed to make yourself arrogant. That is the Pesach in Yeremiah. Right, Rabbi. He says a different Pesach. This is a Pesach that is actually in Sefer Dvarim. You don't have to go to Nevi'im. It's in, it says, V'ram levavcha, that your, uh, your heart will become elevated. V'shochach, Hashem lekecha, and you'll forget Hashem, your God. Ha-motiyachah, took you out of the house of Egypt from the house of slavery. So now, what, how do you see over there that there's a prohibition of becoming arrogant? So it says, V'ram levavcha, V'shochach, V'shochach, and there also the Pasuk says, this is the Pasuk that is in Sefer Dvarim, also that's uh, earlier, a couple of Sukkim earlier. Says, you shall safeguard yourself lest you forget the, uh, your, the Hashem, your God. And so there it says, you're not allowed to, you have to make sure you don't forget Hashem. And the Pazak that later comes and says that you make yourself arrogant, you're going to forget. And you're not allowed to forget. So there's a low that say, pen, that lest you forget, you're not allowed to forget. So therefore we see, you know, and become arrogant because that'll make you forget. Hashem, your God. So therefore, Chidravavim, that follows the principle of Ravan Amr Rabbi Law, Amr Rabbi Amr Rabbi Law, Kolmakum, anytime in the Torah you find the three words, either Shnemar, either Hishamer, Pen, Va'al, safeguard, lest and don't, Eino Ela Beloy Sa'aseh, that is, uh, is a prohibition, a low Sa'aseh prohibition. So here too, there is Pen Tishkach, you're not allowed to forget, and making yourself arrogant will make you forget Hashem, your God. Dorosh Rabbi Aviros, Azim and Amr Mishmeidu, Asi, sometimes you say that in the name of Asi, Azim and Amr Mishmeidu, Ami. Anyone has in him arrogance, at the end he will become diminished. That if he elevates himself, becomes arrogant, he is going to be diminished, he's going to shrink. But you don't think, okay, but at least he still survives. Okay, he won't be Moshe Grace anymore, but at least he'll survive. No, that he's going to shrink to the point that what? He will cease to exist. The im but however, if the person 
accepts on himself to be humble after being arrogant. He does tshuva and he makes himself humble. So then Nesav Bezmano, he will die in the appropriate time that he's supposed to die. He won't die earlier than that time. Ka'avram Avinu, he'll die a death of the righteous like we find by Avram Avinu Shenemah. And how do we see Means he'll die a death of Avram Avinu. He'll die the death of a righteous. How do we see this? Because B'shemar Bahumchu, that if he Humchu means he crushes himself, he lowers himself, he becomes humble. Kechol Yikbetsun, like all will jump upon him. That's a lesson of Misa. He will die like the ones that the word Kol was said by. Who is that? Avram means Chaviyakov. Dechsev Bahu Bakol. It says Hashem Beirach is Avram Bakol. It says Mikol Hashem Beyodi. It says by Yaakov Avinu and. Kol, the actually Kol was said by Yitzchok. So he'll die the death of Kol, he'll die a righteous death if he humbles himself, even if he was once arrogant. Be'imulav, however, but if he does not humble himself, then Kuroish Yiboilus Yimoilu. He will be broken off like the top of a stalk. The top of the Shibolus is the stalk of grain. My Groshibolus, he will be broken off like the top of the stalk. So Rab, Huna Barab Chis, the Chad Amar, Sa'aza the Shavilta. He'll be broken off like the, um, like, it literally means like the beard. It's like the hairy part on top of the stalk, which they break and they don't use. He'll be broken off like that part. He'll be broken off like the stalk itself. The stalk itself is broken. That's the person to be broken. So what part of the stalk is it talking about? The, the part that's got the crown on top? Or does it mean the stalk itself will be broken? But he'll be broken like a stalk. So when it says, I understand the opinion that it says like the crown of the stalk, he'll be broken. It says, the post says like the head of the shibolus. The head of shibolus, I understand you can call the stalk. Uh, the, 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 the beard of the, of the, of the, of the stalk. It means that the, the breaking of the stalk itself, why is it called the top of it if it doesn't actually mean the part that has the, 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 the hair is coming out of it? So when it says like this, so I'll tell you why. Marshal Adam Shanikla says that they have a person, a parable, a person goes into his field, okay? And now, and he's harvesting. Which part gets chopped off, which, which stalks get chopped off first? The taller ones, the higher ones. So the one who elevates himself, they're the ones that are going to be chopped down first. That's what it means. So it's not referring to the mamish, the top part of it. It's a tone so it's like breaking in, 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 in half. But it means that the shot is that because they elevate themselves, they're also the first ones to be chopped down. So therefore, gavoa, so therefore, gavoa, gavoa humelaket. The top ones, the higher ones are the ones that he chops down first. That's the positive referencing. To Bey Rabbi Shmuel, I'm sorry, the Ez Dakar Shmuel Ruach. So this is a Pasuk that is in, uh, that's in Yeshaya. It says, Hashem says, Ram Venisa, Shechen Ad, that uh, elevated and uplifted Shechen Ad V'Kadosh Shemo, the one who, uh, uh, who, who is, who, uh, exists forever and his, and his name is holy. And it says, it's so much the qualities of Hashem. It says, Ve'ez daka, ushval ruach, that he is with the downtrodden and the humble. The one of broken spirit. He's with the downtrodden and the broken spirits. So the one, so the one says, Ez daka ushval ruach. That's the end of the Pasuk. So Ravuna, Rav Chista, Khar Amar, Iti, 
Dako. Iti Dako means that he elevates the lowly to come up. The word es is from the word ito. That he lifts them up to be with him. Chad Amar Ani Es Dako. The other, the other one says, no, Es Dako means I go down. Hashem says, I go down to the crushed and broken spirits. So the question when it says that the, the, uh, their, their S is with them, what does it mean? What, with them can be one of two things. Either he elevates them to his height, or he lowers himself to, their, to how low they are. So it says, Mr. Commander Amra Es Dako, the simple shot, the correct, the, the, the more logical shot seems to be that Hashem lowers himself. Not that he elevates them to be with him, but he's willing to humble himself to be with them. Where do we see this? Because we see it from Matan Torah. He left all of the tall mountains and hills in the world. And he brought his countenance upon the mountain which was uh, which was one of the lowly mountains. Below Gava Har Sinai, he didn't elevate Har Sinai, make it higher for himself to be on. So you see when Hashem goes to the lowly and downtrodden, how does he do it? He goes down to them, not brings them up to him. learn from the attitude of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shara HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Niyah Kol Harim V'Gvaos, Baruch Hu left all the mountains and all the hills uh, of, of the world, the Hishri Shkenos Al Har Sinai, and he decided to envelop his countenance on Har Sinai, let's give the parentheses, so therefore also you should learn, everyone always aspires to want to be with the Chosheva mention, with the Vesera mention, you see, no, in a community, who should you look to be friendly with? The friend, not the, 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 the me va me, but look for the lowly ones in the community. That's who you should befriend. Anyone who has arrogance within him should be uprooted Chopped down like an Asherah tree. Those who are elevated stature, Geduim, will be chopped down. That the uh, Asherah trees, the Avodah trees, should be chopped down. So the same idea, we see the same word is used, chopping down. So therefore it says, that's what you're supposed to do for someone who is arrogant, be chopped down. Anyone has in himself arrogance, Ain Afroy Ninar, very scary. Come on, it says, his, uh, his Afar will not stir. Which is another way of saying what? He will not have Chesa Mason. Shanamra Hikitsu says that they will awaken, and they will begin singing. Shochne Afar, the Simshat means those who have been resting in the dirt. They will awaken and begin singing. So now, what does it say? It doesn't say in the dirt. It says shochne afar. It doesn't say shochne be'afar. If it actually means the ones that were residing in the dirt, it should have said shochne be'afar. It says shochne afar. What does it mean? The ones who made themselves neighbors with the lowly. The ones who made themselves lowly, they are the ones that are going to stir and come back. But the ones who are arrogant and did not do that, they will not come back. That's the Pshach. Someone made himself a neighbor to those that are Afar, to those that are lowly and downtrodden when they were alive. So actually, when we use the expression it doesn't mean the ones that are in the Afar now will come away. It means the ones when they lived 
They were willing to lower themselves to the offer. That's what it first. Anybody that has himself arrogance. Even before he dies, the Shekhinah already laments over this individual. Right? Usually lamentation happens after the person dies, but even when this person's alive, Hashem laments over this person. Shenemar begavoa mimerchak yeda that it says that um, that 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 those that are arrogant, Hashem uh, it laments over them uh, at a distance. What it means, he, ad- he laments over them at a distance means even before they die, way before they die, he's already lamenting. Over these individuals, that the characteristics of Gavor are not made as well as not the same as human beings. Is that if somebody is himself on a higher uh, social economic stat- status? He wants to be on the same level. They want to marry people of that level. They want to invite people of that level. They don't go down to people that are in low, lower socioeconomic status than they are, right? But, uh, so therefore, they ain't gavar roe. Roe means they don't see them. They don't, they don't, uh, interact with them. His attributes are not that way. It's right. Who gavar, even though he is exalted, but draws a shuffle, he makes sure that he sees the lowly, he goes down to be with those that are low and downtrodden. Shanema, like Bazak says, Kiram Hashem, that Hashem is elevated with Shuffle Yireh, and he, with the downtrodden, he makes sure that he sees them in their state of of, of, of misery, he goes down to them. Anyone that has arrogance, we can't live in the same world. Hashem says, I cannot live in the same world as someone who is arrogant. As the Pasuk says, this is a Pasuk that is found in Tehillim. What does the Pasuk say? Pasuk says that, uh, <coughs> where's this Pasuk? Uh, I don't know why it's not in there, but what? I don't know. It's just, um, uh, where's this? Oh, that, it's, it's, that's a 14. That's a 14. I thought it was a parenthesis. Those that speak Lashon Hara in, in private, in, the, in, the, in the, the hidden confines from their friends, also Atmis, he will be plucked out. Gava uh, and the one with arrogance, or Chavlevav, and has an expansive heart, a, a, a large desires, Uchal, that him I am not able. What does it mean I'm able? I'll Ito, with him I'm not able. I'm not able to stay with him in the same world. Uh, that's what it means. Some learn that the idea that Hashem can't be together in the same world with someone, it's not going on those who are arrogant, but it's going on the first part of the Pasuk. People that speak Lashon Hara, Hashem says, I don't want to have anything to do with those people who are together in the same world. I will cut down those that speak Lashon Hara. Anyone has arrogance, person is an arrogant person, it doesn't take much to throw him off his game. Rashi says even a small punishment or even little things that don't go his way can mess him up completely. Right? He's not, he doesn't, he doesn't have a humble disposition that he can take 
punishment or criticism well. And therefore, even the smallest amount can throw him off his game. The first part of the positive talks about the humble. Then it talks about the Rishayim. So it's talking about obviously those who are arrogant. They are chased out by the, uh, by the ocean. Just that we see that the uh, sea contains many, many quarter lugs of water in the ocean. Ruach kima ocharto. A small wind can make the waters murky, can mess up the waters. So Adam she'enba elaraviyas. A person has limited amount of quarter lugs of blood, very small amount of liquid, and alafas kamakamas. All the more so can a small amount of. Uh, Criticism, a small amount can mess him up and, uh, and make, make the waters, the, the, the murk, murk, murky. Amrav Chibar Ashi, Amrav. Tamar Chom Tarshi Yebo Echad Mishman Vishminis. This is very important. The Groa learns it from a Pasuk by Yaakov Avinu. He says that a Talmud Chacham should have at least an eighth of an eighth of arrogance. You shouldn't be a doormat. There should be an eighth of an eighth, but I just like a small weight, called an uchla. Should have a small amount of what's called stotz. Should have a small amount where you can stand up for yourself and you're, you're not just a doormat for somebody else. And this small amount of arrogance should surround his, literally his face, like a beard. Right? So the, the Tervestion explains what it means is, that a person should 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 have a, a sense of knowing his importance, but he should wear it externally on his face. It shouldn't be internal. Kavra Torah, people should see. Don't don't make this guy into a Torah, but don't let it go to your head. Don't let it become inter. Don't internalize it. Keep it on your face like a beard. Okay. Um, like the beard that wraps around the the the, the, the barley stalk. Amar Rabba, so Rabba said as follows: Beshamta the isbe, beshamta leisbe. It's like literally means it's, it's it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Means you're 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 going to be uh, exiled from society if you have arrogance. And if you don't have arrogance, you also become the doormat. You're like the, the castaway from society. Does it get that exact balance where you are not a doormat, but you don't allow the arrogance to go to your head? That's not such a simple thing to do. He says, you know what? I don't want any part of, of this arrogance. I, I understand an eighth of an eighth, but it's better for me does not have anything to do with arrogance, right? Because uh, is it a small thing that the Pazik says about arrogance? It is an abomination of Hashem. Anyone who is an arrogant. It's an abomination. Abomination is not something the Torah throws around easily. And therefore, to even say you should have a small amount of it, if you might go over, it's better not to have any type of arrogance whatsoever. That a person who wants his tefillahs to be accepted has to make himself like flesh. The word basar means 
supple. It means that like flesh is supple and soft and accepting and humble, that's how you have to make yourself if you want your feelers to be answered. That from month to month, Yava called Basar Lishtachavos. All Basar came to bow down to Hashem. Because that's what you have to make yourself into Basar if you want Hashem to accept your tefillahs. Alright, If you look in the laws of Tsaras, whenever it talks about that the person can be healed, it talks about that, that they got the nega is on the basar. Therefore, and, and then it says, and the nega is healed. Because he makes himself into basar, he humbles himself, then Hashem cures him of his Tsaras. Adam, but if it talks about an Adam, when it, when the top budget talks about an Adam having Tzeras, there you don't find the healing process associated. Because Adam is stolz, Adam is like, is, is unwielding. So therefore, if he makes himself into Adam, then there's no healing. He makes himself into Basar, then there is healing. Adam looks in Beba Nir, but doesn't say Nir. I'm Rabbi Yechonan. Adam, that a person should not let his, who he is go to his head, should recognize. Adam is an amalgamation of Afar. Or uh, of, of of dust or ashes, of dam, of blood, and mara and bile, and basar is a malformation of busha. That is a, a a human being has many things to be embarrassed about. And srucha, uh, uh, even though it's a shin, we're we're reading it like a samak, it's like a sin. Srucha means it comes from a foul tip. Alright? And Rima, the race is that he comes, that he eventually will go to the worms and maggots. Ikeda Amri, some say that instead of saying the, 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 the shin is srucha, because be'e, you have to read it as a sin, and b, srucha is with a samach, not really with a sin either, so therefore he learns that it's sha'ol. Sha'ol means that it is the grave, that is the, the Gehenna, or, 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 the, or the, the grave, that ultimately that's the so-called Adam, so don't think you're so much a grace. Okay. The Chsev B'Shinah, that fits better, because you're always with a Shin. I'm Ravaji, call Adam Shiyesh, because the Ruch, anybody that has arrogance, L'Sayf Nivchas, at the end he will be diminished. He will, his chashivas will be taken away from him. So, if a person is arrogant, at the end he's gonna lose it, he's gonna lose his stature completely. Shanamar, like the Pazak says, we find these are two expressions that are used by Saras. It says the person will have a tsa'ez and a sapachas. Tsa'ez and sapachas are two different types of skin disorders, but tsa'ez, what's the, the, the way with the chazal darshaning, tsa'ez means something that is elevated or lifted. Sapachas is something that is secondary or actually lower. It's like bottle two. So therefore, ain't se'ez eloshin gavoa. Se'ez means eloshin of gaiva, of, of, of arrogance, of, of a person elevating himself. Shnei ba'alkol ha'harim ha'ramim ba'alkol ha'gavoos ha'nesuos, the elevated hills. So you see the eloshin of se'ez is ha'gavoos ha'nesuos, somebody that elevates himself, holds himself high. The word sapachas means, by definition, something that's attached to. Something that's attached to means what? That it's secondary, it's not primary, it's lower. I think it's by the Bnei Eili that were punished, that they get, they, they're not the primary, they don't get the primary benefits of the Lechem Aponim and the Karbonis, and they are like secondary. They attach because of the punishment of the sons of Bnei Eili. 
Now, Rabbechol Pas Lechem to eat the the, the Pas Lechem. I'm a Rishon Levi. Bore Eikam Agdalim Nemuche Aruach Lenechem Baruch. Come see how great those who are of humble nature in the eyes of Hashem. Shmishas Shabeit Hamikdash Kama Shabeit Hamikdash was around. Other Makriv Ayla person who wants to bring a Korban Ayla Schar Ayla Biyadim and brings an Ola gets rewarded for an Ola. Man, if he wants to bring a flower off things Schar Minchah Biyadim gets a flower of Ami. But Av Amisha died to Shmuel. But somebody that is of a humble spirit. HaKadosh Baruch considers this person as if he brought all of the Karbanas. So you see how important humility is. As the Pasuk says, this is a Pasuk that is in Sefer Tehillim. It says, That the offerings, plural, all the offerings of Hashem, are for who? That's for the Luch Nishbarah, for the, the, for the soul that is downtrodden and <coughs> and, and the broken and broken. So therefore, they're right. And not only that, that such an individual's tefillah will never be reviled, will never be re- 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 rejected from Hashem. Hashem will never uh, reject such a tefillah from such a person. Somebody that evaluates his path means before he does anything, every step in life is done with an evaluation. Sham, Salashan Shuma, evaluating. So, Ba'olam Hazer, Zoyachu Rebbe Yeshua Zashalakarish Borchu. He will see the final salvation of Akarish Borchu. So, if you live a, a life with a husband, you calculate your steps, then you will see the Yeshua from Hashem. Shenemar, Vesam Derech Erena Beyesha. Sam Derech literally means the one who places a path, he will see salvation uh, of Hashem. I'll decree the psalm, don't read it as the psalm, rather as the sham. Psalm means to play. What does the sham mean? Yeah. To yeah. assess or to evaluate, right? El of sham derech, that's the way to read it. Okay, so now going back to the next part of the Mishnah. It says that there's kinoi and sira. So what is kinoi? So it says kinoi is where you give your wife a warning. Now what do you have to warn her? Specifically that what? Don't seclude. The Mishnah said if you warn her, don't speak. That's not a violation of the, the laws of kinui don't come. But the one is bothered by the opening statement says, "What is kinui?" It says, "Well, if you told your wife, don't speak." So that's not, that seems to imply that if you tell your wife, don't speak, that's kinui. But the next line says, and, and, you, "And she did speak." Then the laws of kinui don't apply. So it's like misleading. It asks the question as to what is kinui. It says, "Tell your wife, don't speak." And then it goes on and explains and tell you why I don't speak is not considered to be kinu. So then how do you read how do you read the mission? The mission seems to be out of whack. So Ketzad Mekana law, Hagubakash, the mission itself is difficult. Amar, you start off saying, What is Kinui? Samalab if Nishnaim Altid Bereini im Ishploni. Altidabrim Sarim Ishploni, don't speak with a certain beast person. So Bologna's uh that implies that just statement alone, Alma Dabar. Dibur stiru that telling the person telling the wife don't speak is considered to be stiru. Vahadatani dibura dibra that if she violated the kinui and she did speak with the person dibra imo adayin muteret babesa she is still permissible to go back to have relations with her husband in the house. Umuteret bechavatruma she's by an Asian scorn she can eat truma. So alma dibur lo kluma that their warning of dibur is meaningless. Right? So, Amrabai, Ahaki Ka'amr. The way you have to read it is the Tana is explaining the contrast over here. He's saying, what is Kinui? 
He says, Kino has to be something very specific. Because if you only said this, this, and this, that's not Kinoi, because this is Kinoi. So he does want to get to the point, what is Kinoi, but he's bringing out by, what is Kinoi by showing the contrast by first mentioning what? What's not Kinoi. So one is like this. Now, I think if, I, if you take a look at the Mishnah, I think we, run, we learned the Mishnah incorrectly, because it doesn't read this uh, like this in the, in the Mishnah so well. But it says like this. Hachit Amar. So whether you warned her don't speak and she spoke to the guy or even you warned her and she secluded with the guy but you never said don't seclude all you said was don't speak or altistery or you said don't seclude and all she did was speak that's not that's not considered to be a good keynote she's allowed to have relations with her husband and she's allowed to eat truma she's an Asher but and this is what the Rashi throws in but if you warned her not to seclude and what she did then was go into seclusion the Shasta and she waited the amount of time could Tuma then then she becomes also to her husband and she's not allowed to eat truma if she dates God and if let's say the husband dies before she could drink the Suffolk Sosa and the husband dies before he gave her to drink so what does it say? So, and there were no children. She needs chalitza. We don't allow yibum. So what is Amai? Why not? We know that back in the times of the, of the Gemara and Mishnah, yibum was primary mitzvah. So if there's chalitza, why shouldn't there be yibum? Right? In fact, we learn generally whenever there's yibum, there's chalitza. There's no yibum, there should be no chalitza. So why is there no yibum? Amai, tisyabim, nami yibumi, let there be yibum. The Pazit says, that if the husband dies, she will leave his household, and she can go and marry someone else. So now, from here we learn that when she leaves the first marriage, now the Pazit there clearly says that he, that he divorces her if he's still alive because he saw Erebus Dabar. Talking about a woman that committed an immoral act. Right? Or he suspects her of an immoral act. So therefore it says over there that she leaves his house and she goes and marries someone else. So the fact that Kriv says, Ish. Right? Why say Ish Acher? Specifically to another person, but she's not allowed to have relations with who? Yeah. Uh, well, he's dead. With the Yavam, right? So well, if that Pasuk is saying that only someone else and not the Yavam, then maybe it also means only someone else and not not Chalitza. So how do you know Chalitza either? So Amalei Abayas, Elam Ata, Chalitza Nami, Eloi, Tavoy, you should not need Chalitza either. So, you get, so, so uh, who is the one who made the statement? Rabbi Yosef. So, right, so Abayah asked Rabbi Yosef, maybe not Chalitza. So Rabbi Yosef pushes back. He says, one second. Let's say the husband is still alive and didn't die. Right? And she leaves. Does he have to give her a get before she marries someone else? Let's say the husband divorced her. Not that he didn't die. And it says she goes and marries someone else. Does she need a get or she doesn't need a get? She needs a get. Of course she needs a get. So it means there is a bond. You can't ignore the fact that there is a bond there. The fact that you need a get means there's a bond. So obviously, therefore, when he dies, there's still going to be the bond. That's why you need to have chalitza. So you can't say, well, there's no yibum, it should not be chalitza, because that's saying there's no bond. If there's no bond, then if he's alive, you should need a get either. And we know there is a get. 
So therefore, if the husband would have been alive, Mila by a get, would you not need a get? So Hashanami to buy a chalitza. Therefore, that's why when the husband dies, you still need chalitza. So that's one interpretation as to why, even though it says, which is Mashmadafka, after she can marry, she can't marry the Yavam, but there still is chalitza. We explained one interpretation. Islam, another interpretation is like Amim Yosef. Rachmana Amar v'yotzani beisai. The Torah is insisting that if you find a woman that is committed some type of immoral act, what does she have to do? V'yotzani beisai. Right? She is going to destroy your home. Therefore, what do you have to do? Get her out of your house. So therefore, if she has to get out of the house, does it make any sense that if the guy dies that you want the brother to do yibum? Of course you don't want the brother to hear, but you want him out of the house. Right? She shouldn't destroy the home of the person who was the first husband. And you can say, do Yibam. That's something they're trying to make it even sweeter. Because the whole idea of Yibam is to build up the house of the, and you don't want her in the house of the dead brother, right? To get out. So therefore it makes no sense that there should be Yibam in such a scenario. So I'm a lay Abaya. So Abaya said, I don't understand. So if you don't want her to build up the house of the dead brother, why is she allowed to marry and go into the Ish-Akher. She's going to end up destroying the home of somebody else. Why would that be okay? Maybe if there's a problem of immorality, maybe she's a scarlet letter, right? No more, no, you can't marry anybody, maybe, right? Someone says like this. Someone says like this. I'm going to buy the She shouldn't marry somebody else either, right? To shouldn't destroy his home. So Gemara says, Gavald. Gemara says like this. Yibum, and Yibum is the primary mitzvah. If there was a mitzvah of Yibum, then you would be encouraging the brother that you should go ahead and take her. Can't do Yibum. But there's nothing encouraging somebody else, you know, to go and marry her. It's buyer beware. <laughs> the guy wants to go ahead and take that chance with her, go ahead and take the chance. But if we make a mitzvah of Yibum, then it's not saying, okay, you want to take the chance. We would be encouraging it. We don't want to be encouraging it. Somebody else wants to go ahead and marry her? You know, because say, hey, that's up to him. You know, it's, a, it's on his head. Someone says, Are we forcing the next husband to marry her? He doesn't have to marry her. He does his due diligence. Go ahead and check, check the warranty. Check what happened, right? So that it's up to him to check that out. The Ikadami and a third answer, Abaya said like this. He says like this. He says, it's very interesting. What does the word Acher mean? That she left the first one and she went to marry Ish Acher. Acher means like different. I mean, the Torah is pointing out that there's a big difference between the second guy and the first guy. The first guy was trying to get a wicked woman out of his house, whereas the second one... That's why it uses the word ish acher. So it means acher. It uses the word acher to tell you that's actually meaning we, we, and therefore the first guy we want, and therefore that's also we don't want the yibum to happen because we're trying to get out. The second ataka, if he would have done his due diligence, then you, you should say, listen, you know what, I, I don't want that happening to me. So therefore, he's actually, the fact, the fact that calls him, a, just not an ish, but an ish acher, is actually a bit of a castigation on this individual that he was willing to put himself and his household at risk. So when it says like this, So, 
Right? The Torah refers to him as an Acher, as different. She'ein ben Zugushal Rishon, that he can't compare him. He's not a, a partner to the first guy that died or divorced her. He's not a comparable to that one. Shazeho Tzir Beso, the first guy got a Russia out of his house. And this one's bringing a Russia into his house. Alright? And therefore you should want the brother of the first one to do Yibum. The Torah is castigating the second guy for marrying her. Obviously we cannot be encouraging the brother of the dead one. To go ahead and do Yibum. So therefore, Then if you come out according to what we're saying, is that, let's say the second husband dies. We should not encourage Yibum to the brother of the second husband. Because you're, and I, you're saying, as we castigated, and you can't force the first husband's brother, because we don't want him to take a Rasha into the, So why then the halacha should be not only the first husband's brother doesn't see Yibum. What should be the din? That if the second husband's brother dies, there should also not be Yibum. We don't find that halacha. So If she marries the Acher and he dies, amazed below Bonim, Lotus Yabim, because of Kara Acher, because the Torah is referring to him as Acher, because he took a wicked woman into his house. So he's different. He's different than the first God. So his brother, it wasn't his brother's fault. He should not be allowed or not required to do Yibum if his brother dies. So therefore, Shakaz of Kara Acher, when you reflect, compare him to the first guy who died. So when it says like this, that there's still a difference because the fact that nothing happened during the lifetime of the second guy, so she's done, she's done shuva, meaning like that. To say that the second one's brother should not be allowed to do yibum, we have no reason to say that. The first one, she did something wrong in the marriage, first marriage. Therefore, we don't encourage yibum for the first one. The second one, when nothing has happened, nothing, so therefore, she did shuva, she changed her ways, and therefore the Torah is not going to stop, or the Chachom are not going to stop. What? The second one's brother, from doing Yibum. So therefore, she still has maintained a good reputation with the, in, during the lifetime of the second one, and therefore Yibum is still allowed. Gentlemen, we'll stop over here. One, one.